We need to have time of reflection in our prayers and focus on our relationship with God and with others. This message is the fifth in the series, Pray. The message is entitled, How to Pray for Your Relationships. Here are Pastor Dale O'Shields and Pastor Steve Rivera. Well, today we have a special treat. We got Pastor Dale here. For the next couple of weekends, we're going to have just a, a unique opportunity to interview Pastor Dale, ask him some questions. We're in a series on prayer, and it's going to be a great time together. We're, we're going to look into just the, the, the format of prayer that God has provided for us, and Pastor Dale is going to answer some questions. Today, we're going to be focusing on praying for our relationships. And Pastor Dale, welcome. We're so glad to have you today, and we're excited to uh, just uh, dive into some questions on prayer, the importance of prayer, the value of prayer in our own life. And uh, we've been talking about prayer over the last several weeks. We've been focusing on Jesus's way to pray, uh, how to focus, uh, how to live in God's will, and then also how to ask God uh, for our needs. And today we're talking about relationships and something that's very uh, near to our hearts as we experience relationships all the time, our relationship with God, our relationship with other people. And so um, just to kind of open up the floor for you today, uh, just to kind of give a, a quick intro on, on the topic of prayer and relationships. Yeah, I think really, as I was thinking about this summer and what we would do together as a congregation, I wanted us to focus in uh, on this whole idea of praying. Because so many times, uh, Steve, whenever we pray, we, we approach prayer with a lack of confidence, a lack of assurance, a lack of a sense that uh, we're doing it the right way. And so it's important to actually get into the Bible and see that there is a way that we can pray. And then uh, as we pray that way, there's confidence that comes to us. And Jesus mm -hmm. gave us a model prayer. Uh, his disciples came to him one day and asked the question, Lord, teach us to pray. John, the Baptist disciples, teach them how to pray. Would you teach us to pray? And Jesus said, pray like this or pray this way. Uh, and in fact, Jesus then gave us what's called the model prayer or the Lord's Prayer. And he said, pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I think most people probably can recite yeah. that or they've learned it at yeah. some point in time. But what, what we, we, we fail to realize is that that was actually a lesson on prayer. Jesus was asked the question, teach us to pray. Mm. And he said, pray like this. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. That is, start with a sense of acknowledgement of who God is. Focus your attention on who God is. And then to pray that his kingdom would come, getting in the will of God, pray for the needs in our life. And then as we're talking about today, learning how to then turn the attention in our prayer uh, to our relationships. That's great. So as it, as it pertains to this specific verse on prayer and relationships, that, that section of the verse talks about um, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have sinned against us, right? And so there's two dimensions to that, our relationship with God yes. and then our relationships with other people. Can you talk a little bit about the value of that, um, that, that portion of the dimension from us to God? Can yeah, forgive absolutely. us of our debts? Yeah, what I'd like to help all of us to understand is that really, I want us to really be practical when we talk about this prayer thing because again, Jesus gave us a model prayer. He said, pray this way. And he said, make sure that in your prayer, you're, you're allowing time in your prayer for what I would call reflection or contemplation or uh, self-examination. Uh, that's that part of the prayer where he says, forgive us our debts. Okay. 
What that means is this. In your prayer time, and, and I like to think of it this way, when I pray, I pray, I spend some time, if I, when I'm following this model, just taking time to praise and honor God as my Father and to worship Him and to acknowledge Him and then to invite His kingdom to come, His will to be done in my life, to begin to lay out my requests before Him, and then to say, God, I want to take some time in my prayer to let you talk to me about my relationship with you. Okay? Right. How, how, how are things going between me and you, God? Okay? Mm. Just like you would have in any other conversation, okay? Wow. Uh, just like you would with your wife or with a friend, and yeah. you want to have a renewal of that relationship. You say, hey, how are things going between us, okay? Wow. Well, we know that everything's always going good with God, okay? Right. He's not the right. problem. We're right. always the problem, right. and so we need to have some time of reflection in our prayers where we're saying, God, would you help wow. me to see some things in my own life that I need to see about me where I have sinned against you? Wow. Where I, ha- where I owe you a debt. Now, when we say owe God a debt, that means that we actually have done something that hurts him. We've done something that is opposite of who he would want us to be. And, and Steve, what I've learned in my own life, I think most of us are aware of, we're so, we run through life at such a fast pace and we have such a tendency to excuse our own behavior and our own sinfulness at, that we, mm. we need those moments that we just stop for a little bit in our prayer time every day and say, God, how's it going between me and you? Would you show me some things in my life that I need to see about myself? And that's when, before you can actually pray for forgiveness, you got to know what you need to be forgiven for, okay? You can't pray for forgiveness if you don't have any identity or awareness of what you need to pray for. So that's that's the key part of that, initial part of that is reflection. So this is a a daily thing. I mean, when you think about uh, areas where we are unpleasing to God and our actions, our behaviors, our thoughts, this is a daily thing, right? Absolutely. It's not a day that goes by. I'm not sure about it for you. I'm sure it's probably the same, but it's not a day that goes by that I haven't said something I shouldn't say, thought something I should not have thought, uh, done something I shouldn't have done in some way. Maybe uh, it may at times be big things at times in people's lives or smaller things, but God cares about all those things or fail to do something that I really should have done. And so that's really what a sin is. A sin, the word for sin in the Bible is, is, is a word that represents the missing of the mark. Okay? Yeah. It was yeah. used as, a, as an archer would shoot at a bullseye, and when the archer missed the bullseye, it missed the mark, and that was called sin. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's actually the Greek word that's used for sin. And so uh, every day that goes by, I need a fresh recheck in yeah. my relationship with God. Right. And there's a reason for that that I'll get into in just a moment if you'll remind me of it. But we need a recheck every day uh, with where we are with God because, because sin is something that happens to us every day. That's great. So how important, Pastor Dale, is it for us to recognize those areas of sin in our life? Because I think it is... Um, you know, we, we can get into the pattern that we just uh, ignore it or we, you just move past it. So how important is that we stop in those moments and actually recognize those areas of sin in our own life? Exactly. I think, thank you for that question because I think it really goes to the heart of what I, what I want to communicate here. When we hold on to sin in our life, you know, we don't, and we don't acknowledge it, we don't see it, we don't acknowledge it, what happens is sin always hardens you. Sin makes you harder as a person. Yeah. It doesn't soften you, it hardens you. And so when you're not acknowledging sin, it's actually creating sort of a a, a concrete heart, if you will, a heart, a stony heart. It's making you harder on the inside. Also, sin deceives you. What sin does is that sin makes you think 
that you're better than you really are, mm. and it causes you to push off your responsibility for the things you've done wrong onto somebody else mm. or to totally ignore it. In other words, it's a lot easier for me to say, you did something wrong, than it is for me to say, I did something wrong. Yeah. And so sin is always going to push me to say, no, you did something wrong. But reflection allows me to say, what did, what did wow. I do in my own life? And then uh, here's the key thing. Yeah. Sin always distances you from God, wow. just like in any relationship. Uh, if you have something that breaks the relationship, it p- creates a distance. Yeah. It's not that God distances himself from us, right. but sin causes us to distance ourselves actually from, wow. from God. And so that's why it's such a dangerous thing, and that's why we need to be aware of the cancer, the poison, the toxicity of sin, because if we're not... Uh, again, it's going to harden, deceive us, and it's going to distance us. And so that's why you need every, every day uh, on a consistent basis. That's why Jesus said, pray this way, forgive us our debts, our trespasses, yeah. as we forgive those who trespass against us. But God, help me to see what I need to see in my life. That's great. So what does that look like, in, uh, practically speaking, in your prayer time? There's several elements. To, there's a process to that, yes. uh, acknowledging that sin in your own life. And what, what does that cause? What does that process look like? In yeah, it's, yeah. What, it, what, it, what it is for me, I can only talk about me, and I'm glad we're in this interview setting because it makes it really, really practical. It's that time when I kneel down on my knees usually. I'm not always doing that. Sometimes I'm sitting in my chair with my, yeah. with my, 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 my paper out, my, my pen and paper out. It can be a variety of settings. I can be walking and praying, but it's that moment when I say, God, I just want to quiet myself before you just for a moment here and reflect either upon a scripture that I've read that day yeah. or scriptures that I know or just simply being quiet in God's presence. Say, God, would you make me aware? I'm just going to quiet myself just for a few moments here. Lord, is there anything yeah. that you want to speak to me about in my life that I need to get right with you? And it's, again, listening to that inner voice of the Holy Spirit uh, avoiding condemnation, and we need to come back to that wow. in a moment because that's another, that's a danger of reflection. Mm-hmm. You can fall into condemnation and shame in your life. You don't want to do that. But is there anything sincerely that you want to convict me of? Here's the key. You know you're being convicted of something when there's that little sting on the inside that says, ooh, that was wrong, but it doesn't leave you with a sense of hopelessness. It leaves you with a sense of, I want to make this right and, and turn things around. And so, and oftentimes, even when I'm praying for people or things, and I'm also asking God, God, is there anything you want to show me about me in yeah. my relationship? Say, for example, with, with my wife, I may be praying for her. And so easy to pray, oh, God, change my spouse, yeah. or yeah. God, change my kids. And, yeah. and then to stop for a moment, wait, time out. Maybe it's not them that need to change. Maybe it's me. God, is there anything in my life yeah. that I need to be aware of? And I think part of it, Steve, is learning to, to listen mm. and to develop that the capacity to let the Holy Spirit sort of check you out on the inside and do a wow. checkup on the inside. And, and it's, not, it's not always an easy thing. I'm not perfect at it. But it's taking, actually taking a specific period of time in your prayer yeah. where you're giving some time That's to great. that. That's great. Yeah, because I've recognized that in, in prayer, the Holy Spirit will highlight things that uh, are unique in that moment that you may uh, avoid or ignore at other times. And exactly. so the Holy Spirit, he convicts, right? And then there's the confession part and then there's the repentance, right? So there's the conviction, and then there's the confession, and then the repentance. Exactly, and that's what it should lead to. You know, God is not in the business of just making you feel guilty, okay? 
I think uh, we're pretty good at that with people. <laughs> we like to make yeah. people feel guilty and leave them no way out. But God doesn't do that. God, when He makes, when He create, when He gives you guilt, okay, yeah. uh, allows you to feel guilty about something. It's not for the purpose of condemning you, okay. I like to think of guilt as a as a gauge on the dashboard of your life, okay. And just like your uh-huh. uh, on your on your car, you have a gas gauge, and it says either empty or full, okay. Well, if it's on empty. It's, it, the issue is not to condemn you because it's on empty. It's like get to the gas station yeah. so you can get filled up. Well, the same is true for God when he convicts us of sin. He shows us something that's wrong in our life. It's for the purpose of Good. causing us to do something productive about it. Right. And what we do productive about it is, first of all, we need to be sorry for it. Okay, mm-hmm. That's repentance. Okay, mm-hmm. The Bible says that godly sorrow is a good thing, okay? That, oh, you know, anytime you do something that's wrong and you, you really recognize it, there's that moment of like, oh, wow, I'm sorry for that, right. okay? And that's what conviction needs to lead us to. I'm sorry for what, you know, I said that, I should never have said that, I should not have said that that way, or I shouldn't have done that. There's this moment of sorrow, and then that godly sorrow in you produces a sense of, I don't want to do that again, okay? Right. I want to learn from this. Yeah. It's called repentance. Right. Repentance, the Greek word is metanoia. It means the turning around, the changing of your direction. And so uh, when we, we have that repentant moment of saying, now, God, I want to make this right. I, mm-hmm. I've been going this way. I'm going to turn now Great. because you showed me this. Yeah. I want to turn in this direction. And I confess that sin yeah. to you. And we need to talk about that word in just yeah. a moment. But, yeah. but what we're talking about here is a process that reflection, conviction leads you to in your prayer time. That's great. So what is the result of that happening in our life when we acknowledge that? We confess that to God, right? What is the result of, of experiencing? Because then um, you experience God's forgiveness. What is the result of that? To experience the beauty of God's forgiveness, you have to, there has to be the confession, okay? Forgive us our debts. That's a specific prayer, right? Yeah. Okay. It wasn't like, oh, we'll just kind of ignore this and move on, yeah. okay? Yeah, I realize that and move on. No, there's a specific statement there where Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, forgive us. There's a moment when you actually acknowledge to God what you've done wrong. That's called confession, okay? Now, this is important because um, forgiveness comes from God, okay? God is the source of forgiveness. I think in in some some circles, we have the tendency to think that forgiveness uh, comes from humanity, but no, while we give forgiveness to one another, only the forgiving of sins really comes from God, okay? God's the only one that can forgive sins. And so who do we need to confess our sins to? To the only one who can forgive us, okay? And the Bible says of Jesus, he is the high priest of our confession. He's the one that we confess our sins to, okay? And the word confession, Steve, is a very interesting word that Mm. Jesus uses, the New Testament uses for confessing our sins. And the actual Greek word is, and I'll give you the Greek word, is homologeo. It's a compound word word, homo same logeo word, the same word, speak the same thing as. In other words, that when I'm in prayer and God convicts me of a sin and I see it, you know what? I spoke harshly to Steve today. I should not have said that in the way that I said that. Uh, Let's say, for example, as an illustration, um, 
God, now I confess, I say the same thing to you about this that you have just said to me. I agree with you, God, that's wrong, okay? And that's all confession is. It's agreeing with God that it's wrong. It's agreeing with God that you're right, God, and I'm wrong, and I agree with you, and I missed the mark here, and so homologeo, saying the same thing about your sin that God says about it. And in that moment, then that's the point that can lead you now to exactly what you need to experience and that is forgiveness. That's great. So God releases his grace. And then the next, um, the third part of that is the repentance. Can you please talk about repentance? Yeah, well, repentance is means once you, once you get up from your prayer, okay, yeah. uh, you don't want to go back and do the same thing right, again, okay? Right. You have the intention of saying, okay, I prayed this way, I confess this. Now, God, would you also help me? And we'll get into that uh, later on in our, our next interview about, about temptation and yeah. those things. But help me now, God, to not walk back into that pathway again to have learned something from it. But let me add this as well. I think it's extremely important uh, that we, when we are confessing our sins, that once we've confessed that sin to God and honestly and sincerely owned up to it before yeah. God, that we receive his forgiveness, That's great. okay? If you don't receive his forgiveness, then you're going to continue to live in the guilt of that great. and the shame of that. And what I've learned in my own life is this, and I've watched other people as well, when you continue to live in the guilt and shame of something, you'll have the tendency to continue to repeat that same thing because wow. shame holds wow. you bondage wow. and bondage and captive. Wow. And God never intended for you to live in guilt or shame, that if you've confessed a sin to him, uh, you have to understand that God's forgiving. I'm so grateful for a loving, forgiving God that when I own up to something in my life that's been wrong and I say, God, now I ask you to forgive me of the debt I owe you. I agree with you. This was wrong. Forgive me. In that moment, the Bible says, if we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and notice this, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Think about it this way. You've been out working in the yard all day long or out doing something where you've gotten sweaty and dirty and and, and all, all, all filthy, if you will, and you step into the shower and you apply the soap and the water mm. and all that filth just goes Great. away. You step out of the shower clean. Notice what the scripture says. If we confess our sins, yeah. he's faithful and just yes. to forgive us of our, our sins and to cleanse, cleanse us yeah. from all unrighteousness, not a part of the unrighteousness, but all unrighteousness. That's great. That's what the blood of Jesus does for us. That's the power of his blood. And so I just want to take a moment and speak to everyone here today to to know that if you mess up, okay, if you miss the mark with God, you go to him in confession, you need to accept his forgiveness and then also forgive yourself. Because I've noticed as well that sometimes even after we have acknowledged our sin to God and received his forgiveness, we keep beating ourselves up and telling ourselves how horrible we are. Don't live that way. Don't let shame and condemnation get you in its grip because it will also hinder your relationship with God. So so receive forgiveness. It's promised to you. That's great. And that's where our faith in that comes into play, right? Not your feeling. You may not feel forgiven. But you don't, you don't live your life on the basis of what you feel in that moment. Yeah. You're on the basis of what God said, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us, and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So no matter what I feel, I claim it. Yeah. That's what God's word says. Yeah. It's mine. It's real. Now I am forgiven. I'm not going to live in the guilt of this any longer. I'm going to rise yeah. up out of my shame, and I'm going to go forward yeah. because God has washed away my sin. He's, he's taken it as far as the east is from Great. the 
the West. He's thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. And so now I have the assurance that I am forgiven. I have a renewed relationship with God. That's great. And I got to ask this because I think at some point we've all thought this. um, Is there sin in our life that just God will not get forgive? You know, I think sometimes we feel the weight of the sin, the amount of sin uh, that's, that's in our life, that's been in our past. Um, can, you, can you explain and expand a little bit on God's grace and our past sin? Yes. Uh, there's a couple aspects of that. One is, uh, you know, people get worried about committing the unpardonable sin, yeah. okay? The sin that cannot be forgiven. Uh, there's only one sin that can't be forgiven, Steve. The one sin that can't be forgiven is our failure to receive Jesus as our Savior. That's the only wow. sin that can't be forgiven because that's unbelief. That's refusing that's to accept Jesus as Lord of your life. No other sin that you've ever committed is beyond the scope of God's grace. I love John Newton when he said, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Do you know that John Newton was a slave trader? And then he came to faith in Christ, and he realized all the miserable things wow. he'd done, and he recognized the grace of God. He realized, wow, God's grace reaches down to a yeah. wretch like me. Yeah. And so there's not a single sin that God cannot forgive, with the exception of you refusing to accept the yeah. one pathway to forgiveness, that's mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And so uh, you don't need to live in fear of the unpardonable right. sin, but realize that whatever your sin has been, if you bring it to God, he will, he can, and will forgive it. Great stuff, Pastor. That's awesome. So we've talked about experiencing God's forgiveness in our own life. Um, how does that translate once we've received uh, God's forgiveness in our own life? How does that translate into our relationships then? Yeah. Well, Jesus said, pray like this, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We might say it this way, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. Here's the key. If I've knelt down in prayer or gotten with God in prayer and I've confessed my sins to him and he's forgiven me, and then You've done, you've done something against me, and I say, okay, God, you forgave me, but I'm not going to forgive Steve, mm. okay? You forgave me, but you know what? It's different now when it comes to me, okay? Yeah. Because, you know, Steve really hurt my feelings, yeah. okay? Right. So, God, thank you for your forgiveness, wow. but you know what? Uh, you know, I'm not going to do the same thing to my, my brother over here because, you know what? He really hurt me. Well, what, that, wow. what, what happens there is a disconnect in us. Sure. I mean, my goodness, we don't even recognize how much we have hurt the heart of right. God and how much grace he's extended to us. And so what, what Jesus is teaching us there is he's teaching us you can't have, you can't have it, but you can't have it one way only, okay? Yeah. If you're going to receive grace from God, you've got to then be a channel of grace to other people yeah. around you because if you don't do that, then you're actually not understanding yeah. the very grace that God has given That's to you. Great. That's great. Um, so we, we can extend that grace to other people because we've experienced it. Now, at some point, we feel like someone's done something to us. We've been offended by someone, and we kind of can feel like they owe us, you yes. know, that you owe me because of what you've done to me or how you treated me. And what, what are some things that cause us to feel that people owe us? Well, I mean, people do bad things to people yeah. all the time. It's, it's a shame. It's sad, but it's a broken humanity that we, uh, or in a broken world that we live in. And so because of broken humanity and a broken world that we live in, people hurt people yeah. and hurt people hurt people. Okay. And so we've got all this hurt that goes on. We have rejection. We yeah. have abandonment. We have 
We have all kinds of things that transpire that wound our soul, okay? Mm-hmm. And anytime your soul gets wounded, Steve, there's, this, there's, there's anger that happens yeah. inside of you. And if you don't deal with the anger over a period of time, that anger becomes more of a resentment toward the person and a grudge that you have against them and a, and a sense in which you want to pay them back right. for what they did right. to you yeah. because they hurt you. Now yeah. they deserve to be hurt because of what they did to you. And so we easily get into the payback mode. Now think about this on the mm-hmm. God side of things for a moment. What wow. if God treated us that wow. way? Okay. What if God treated us in the way that every time we hurt him, he made us pay for it? Mm-hmm. That's the, the image a lot of people actually have of God, yeah. that he's kind of beating us down. He's going to get you because you did something against right. him. Right. That's not the nature of God. Right. God, even, even on the cross, Jesus said while he's being crucified, his hands are outstretched, his arms are, his, his hands are being uh, pierced with nails, his feet pierced with, his side pierced with, 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 with a spear. And he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And so there on the cross, there was this forgiveness extended to others. Now, for us, we have to realize, yeah, we're going to get hurt. Now, when you forgive someone, it doesn't mean that you excuse what they did. It doesn't mean that you think it's okay that they did what they did to you. It wasn't okay for the people to treat Jesus the way they treated him. But forgiveness steps above that, okay? Forgiveness says it wasn't okay. However, I'm going to forgive anyway because I want... I want to extend grace in the same way God has extended to me. And this is a key part uh, of the process because forgiveness is really not for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. It's for what happens in your own soul. That's great because we think sometimes if um, by holding on to something that we're actually hurting them, but we're actually, in fact, hurting ourselves. Absolutely. Uh, Actually, in reality, you never really... Uh, hurt the other person by your unforgiveness. Uh, you, you may damage the relationship, yeah. but you know some people say, "Well, revenge is sweet." No, revenge yeah. isn't yeah. sweet. Revenge is bitter. bitter okay, yeah. Reven- revenge is a is a terrible way to live your life. Yeah. And so you have to come to the point of making the choice to say, "If God has forgiven me, I am now going to release yeah. forgiveness to others." Interesting uh, story here, uh, Steve. That for all of us to remember. Uh, where one day Peter asked Jesus the question, how many times Mm. should I forgive my brother? How many times do I have to do this, Jesus? And Jesus said that you're to forgive 70 times seven. And that was not meaning, you know, 490. It 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 meant uh, the the concept of 70 times 70 was was a concept in, in the language that represented continually an ongoing process. And Jesus gave a parable. He said there was this guy that, that owed a master piles of money, okay, I mean, millions of dollars in today's economy, and he couldn't pay it, and so he's in, the, he's in danger of being thrown into the, into the debtor's prison because he couldn't pay, and he goes and he appeals to the master and says, I can't pay you, and the master forgives him, and then this same guy goes out and finds another guy who owes him the equivalent of $20 and grabs him by the neck and says, I'm going to make you pay everything you owe me, and Jesus draws the paradox, the distinction, the irony between how we can receive such great forgiveness and, never, yeah, and, 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 not, and then not extend it to yeah, other people. Yeah. And so, it's, again, it's a choice that you make 
to say, I have received the grace of God in my life. Now, because of that, I'm going to forgive you and you and you, not because you deserve it. I didn't deserve God's grace. You don't deserve to be forgiven. Nobody deserves to be forgiven. But I do it because I'm extending grace to you. And it's really more for my relationship with God and my own health and the health of my soul than it really is for the other person, although there is benefit for the other person. That's great. You talked about before um, in the past, you've talked about having an offenseless heart. Mm -hmm. Can you expand on that a little bit because I yeah, love that. I think I think part of what happens over time as you grow in your relationship with God is you you're, you're moving toward the place to where uh, you just don't you, you just don't let things offend you anymore. Okay, yeah. you get to the point in your life where you say, you know, what? it's not worth yeah. getting. Uh, angry about this. It's not worth getting resentful about this yeah. because, and that's kind of, I like to call it sort of the Teflon spirit. You know, we, we have Teflon cookware that things don't stick to. Well, in the same way where you begin to live a grace-filled life and then when people do something to you, it just doesn't stick. It doesn't, you, you don't carry that offense that's around true. with you. You know, some people, man, you just, you just bump them the wrong way and they're all, you yeah. know, that we talk about carrying a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. Let me tell you, if you're that way, get over it. You need to get beyond that in your life. That's not a good way to live. You don't want to live so you're always offended at somebody. Who wants to be mad at people all the time, okay? Why do you want to be mad at people all the time, okay? Life is too short, okay? Life's way too short to go around being mad at people all the time. Get get over it, okay? Grow up and realize, you know what? Uh, Yeah, people are going to hurt me along the way, but I'm going to extend to them the grace that God has extended to me. That's great. So what is the result of having that kind of a spirit? What is the result of being able to have that kind of forgiveness in our relationships with our family, with our friends? We're gonna get offended, we're human, we're gonna experience that. But what is the result of us carrying this kind of forgiveness that we just release quickly? What is the result of that in our relationships? Well, first of all, like in your family relationships, your closest relationships, there's the capacity then to have peace and harmony, okay? If you've got two people that are in a relationship and they're both mad at each other and bitter toward one another and resentful toward one another, I mean, that's not going to be a real happy place to live, is yeah, it? Okay? Right. If you've got even in, in, a, in a situation where one person is living that way toward the other person, it's going to create a dynamic in the relationship that is painful and, and, and challenging. So the first benefit is you're able to actually experience peace with the other person and sometimes reconciliation, not, not always. Uh, sometimes uh, not all uh, forgiveness leads to reconciliation, but it provides the potential for reconciliation right. between two parties. If there's something between us and right. I forgive you, then yeah. great chance that you and I can be friends again, yeah. okay? Yeah. Because I've removed that barrier yeah. there, okay? Paul talked about that in Philippians chapter 4 about two women in the church in Philippi that had odds at one another. And yeah. Peter speaks to the pastor that says, encourage these ladies to work this thing out so that they can now work together. That's true in, in the church. You get mad at somebody in the church and, and, and then you avoid them, okay? You, right. you sit on this yes, side of the right. church and they yeah. sit over there because you're mad yeah. at them. Yeah. Well, whenever you, whenever yeah. you mend the relationship, yeah. then, then unity can happen That's and great. strength and power can restore, be restored to ministries and to people's lives and personalities. That's fantastic. Pastor Dale, any uh, closing thoughts as we talk about experiencing God's forgiveness and then extending uh, that forgiveness that we've experienced to others? Yeah, I just want to say that, that Jesus taught us to pray because prayer times are essential to your health, Steve, okay? Jesus didn't say pray because I want you to do a religious exercise and you've got to do this every day so you'll, so you'll, you'll be a good Christian. Yeah. No, no, prayer is not about, quote, being a good, good Christian, okay? Good. Prayer is healthy for you, Great. okay? Prayer is good for us because it generates health in our soul, and it's healthy for us to be able to bow down or sit down in prayer and, and reflect 
on things that need to be changed in our own life that we need to make right with God. That's healthy for us, yep. okay? And prayer is healthy for us when we think about who do I need to forgive? Who am I holding on to something toward uh, that I need to let go of? And so in a very practical way, yeah. prayer is not a duty that you do. Yeah. It is an exercise that creates health inside yeah, of you. It's a healthy that. process for your life. I and I think if we change our perspective of prayer and change it from, oh, it's something I've got to do because yeah. you know what? I'm not a good Christian if I don't. And then realize, nope, it's not about that. What it's about, it's about me being healthy and being the best person that I can be. Prayer, uh, that perspective of ch- prayer changes everything. Fantastic. Come on, can we give Pastor Dale a big uh, thank you for sharing some wisdom on prayer? Pastor Dale, would you close us out and pray and pray for us? Just pray for our relationships, pray for um, how we can apply this specific truth into our own lives. Absolutely. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity that we've had this weekend to talk about prayer and to talk about Uh, how we are to seek forgiveness from you and to seek forgiveness toward others. And Father, I pray that uh, perhaps more than anything else, I pray that you'd change our perspective of prayer. I pray that instead of us seeing it as a duty, as something that we have to do each day or regularly, that it'll be something that will excite us, that we'll realize that in prayer, that Lord, you're able to produce healthy souls in us. And I pray that we would be honest with you in our confession I pray, Lord, that we would be receptive to your forgiveness, Lord, that we would not live in shame and guilt. And I pray, God, that we would be loving toward others, that we would extend to people uh, the same forgiveness that you've extended to us. For that, we thank you in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me, and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray. And you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out, and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God, and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus... I know that that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to church-redeemer.org slash a new you. 
We pray that this message was a blessing to you. 